Cougs house. AP poll came out Monday, and the Houston Cougars look good at basketball. But how well do you know the new names and faces? Welcome to Locked on Cougs, the daily podcast all about your Houston Cougars. I'm your host, Houston-born teacher and coach, Parker Ainsworth, here to break down all things Cougs. If you're a U of H fan or just a hater who came to stop by, be sure to hit subscribe and download the podcast each day for the latest on the Cougs all year long. If you're subscribed, our show should pop up on your feed each day so you can make sure to make Locked on Cougs your first listen of the day. All right, so First things first, we got to get out of the way here. I was made aware that fan favorite Ryan Elvin is releasing merch on Tuesday, October 18th, which is somewhat coincidentally the day this episode comes out. So once you're done listening to this episode, make sure you go check out Ryan Elvin on social media. I'm sure all the other Cougs will be retweeting it as well. But new merch coming out Tuesday. Go check out our fan favorite Ryan Elvin and all the great things he's got going on. Now, Ryan Elvin is a junior. We're actually going to spend today looking at all of the new faces that are freshmen in the Houston Cougar program because, frankly, I took this one quote to heart that Kelvin Sampson said in something I read from Paper City earlier this offseason. He said he doesn't spend a lot of time with the veterans. He spends a lot of time with Jarris Walker, Terrence Arsenault, and Emmanuel Sharp uh, because they are the young faces, the ones he's trying to get to know better. And, frankly, in building a better program, you know, good programs tend to rebuild Great ones continued to reload. Houston was in the Final Four in 2021, the Elite Eight in 2022, and the city hosts the Final Four. The city of Houston hosts the Final Four in 2023. But the Cougs, who are you know, hashtag for the city, are going to make their big push for it. And they've got three legitimate NBA pro prospects in the pipeline, all as freshmen. And so I think we got to take a minute to get to know them fairly well. So our first segment, we're going to look at freshman, redshirt freshman, Emmanuel Sharp. Our second segment is going to look at Terrence Arsenault. And our third segment is going to look at all everything Jarris Walker. So let's get right to it and jump in with Emmanuel Sharp. Emmanuel Sharp is a redshirt freshman that you have not really seen a whole lot of. He was an early high school graduate. He redshirted the second half of his season last year to recover from injury while in high school, just before, just before the high school season started. He broke his fibula and dislocated his ankle and was going to miss his entire senior season. So he actually graduated from high school in December, went ahead and enrolled early at the U of H and got started on his rehab journey with the U of H coaching staff and on campus and got to know all of the guys. Now, I think it's worth pointing out that he's from Tampa most recently, which is about 982 miles from the Fertitta Center, but he was born in Tel Aviv, Israel, which is a solid 7,067 miles from Houston. I don't think you can make that in a car. I, I, I will say that his dad starred for Maccabi Tel Aviv for 15 years and then coached under David Blatt while he was there before moving to Florida to coach high school basketball, which is where Emmanuel played, Emmanuel played for his father. His mom, Justine Ellison, Justine Ellison Sharp, I should say, is also, uh, she's Israeli. She played for the U of Toronto and then played 10 years overseas. She bounced around a little bit more, whereas dad was stuck kind of until, or not stuck, but played a lot of his pro career for Maccabi. His mom kind of bounced around and Emmanuel played for the Israeli national team actually in the U16 FIBA tournament in 2019. He was a four-star class of 2022 recruit. He was also offered by Texas Tech, Arizona, Florida, Louisville, Georgia Tech. And in his junior season, his last season of high school, he won Florida 3A player of the year and took his team to the high school state title game. 
the year before, when he was at a little bit smaller school, he was actually the 5A State Player of the Year as a sophomore in Florida as well, has continued to dominate whatever level he's been at. Now, in getting injured, he actually, you know, kind of put on some weight. He got up to around 230, it was reported, and it looks like he's down nearly 25 pounds. The before and after pictures are all over the internet, but he might even be slimmer than that at this point. He's listed at 6'3", 205, but I thought in the scrimmage last weekend that he actually looked slimmer than that. I thought it was interesting in listening to him talk some about his time on the IR in Houston, which, is again, is a very unique situation. One of the biggest benefits to his game was getting to study with Marcus Sasser. Remember last season, Marcus Sasser missed the second half of the year hurt, and the two got to get in the film room and watch practice and study practice, and he got to see up close and personal what a player of the year candidate's preparation looks like and go through it with him. He also got to see what those demanding Kelvin Sampson practices are. I mean, we've heard so much about how Kelvin Sampson demands highest quality, intensity, competition, etc. He got to see those up close and personal in a way that other freshmen don't really get to see until they're involved in them. He also, in you know, losing his weight and those kind of things, got really, really close with strength and conditioning coach Alan Bishop. And I feel like those two, maybe it's just their social media presence, they like the way they connect. I don't know. They, they seem really, really tight. And that's really, really good for a guy like Emmanuel Sharp because the way his body is built, he's always going to be a thicker built point guard. Think like the Darren Williams kind of build from the late aughts and those kind of things. Broad shoulders, thick arms, a wide base, and kind of just a sturdy guy that controls the pace. And frankly, he was definitely that combo type of guard. He was a score first kind of guy in the game on Saturday, but he definitely uses those broad shoulders and hips to get by defenders. He didn't elevate a ton around the rim. He more penetrated to kick out than he did to you know, penetrate and get elevated and score. I'd imagine after watching some of his high school stuff, that's probably got a lot more to do with recovering from his ankle and just like the natural jitters and nerves and going full speed when you come back from such a major injury. Again, he broke his fibula and dislocated his ankle just under, a, or just over, I guess I should say, like within less than 13 months ago, right? That's a big, big injury to get there and be live in action in front of like a relatively packed house at the Fertitta Center. Now, I do think that that strong base and foundation was important because it looked like he had great balance on both legs. Like I had to Google which of his legs he injured. I'm not going to tell you. I'm going to see if you can watch this year and figure out which one he favors because, frankly, I thought it was interesting to see that Like I assumed he would favor, we'll say, one versus the other because I'm not giving it away. But that's really, really important, and it demonstrates that he really, really is ready to come back. Now, Houston's got two of the best guards in America. Again, Sasser and Shed may be pros in their own right, but I think Emmanuel Sharp is kind of proving that he may rotate into the room some. He really does have a combo guard. He's 6'3". He, he kind of fits that mold in a way. He's not going to quite be a wing, and I don't think Houston will go quite that small where they have all three of the guys on the floor at once. But all three of the guys, Sharp, Shed, and Sasser, offer different skills and strengths that the defense has to prepare for. And uh, Sasser is obviously the sharpshooter. He's a pro caliber kind of guy. It's just what positions he plays when he gets there. Shed is more of a penetrator, elevates floaters, those kinds of things. This this freshman that we're going to get to watch this season, Emmanuel Sharp, is a little bit of a combination of those things. He's strong and sturdy in the lane, but in high school tape, he also you know, beats guys off the dribble and pulls up from three. He averaged 30 points a game, both a sophomore and junior season, more than 30 points a game, both a sophomore and junior season. He's a flat scorer. I, I think part of this will be, you know, adjusting the speed and, you know, playing high school basketball 
all the way through and playing a couple years of college basketball, Shed and Sasser are clearly better defenders. They clearly more fit the system because the system relies so much on being better defenders that I don't mean to imply that Emmanuel Sharp will start unless one of the guys needs a break for some reason, right? Someone breaks a shoelace or something in warm-ups. But I do think that it's worth pointing out that he is going to fit into the rotation very, very obviously in the scrimmage last weekend. He's one of the four best guards and will get to play a lot this season. And I think it's fascinating that this kid that didn't get to play his his senior high school basketball is that good. He was a top 75 player in the class of 2022 and one of the 25 best players, depending on the ranking you guys look at, but one of the 25 best players in the state of Florida. Florida puts out really good athletes. That's not like an easy thing to do. And so I have to feel like there's a really, really high upside in having Emmanuel Sharp rotate in kind of in a six-man kind of role as a young guard. Speaking of upside, from cringing at the pump to getting an eye-popping check at your favorite restaurant, inflation is hitting us all where it hurts and it really hurts. That's why I started using Upside. Upside is an incredible app for anyone who likes to buy gas, groceries, or dines out. You know, those things you kind of have to do to live life these days. With every purchase, I'm earning cash back thanks to Upside. Now, I literally just bought groceries a few hours before doing this show. I have to say that, frankly, it's really, really easy. To get started, just download the free Upside app. Use promo code Locked On to get $5 more cash back on your first purchase of $10 or more. And frankly, when I buy groceries, it's always $10 or more, so that's really, really easy to do. Next, you claim an offer for whatever you're buying on Upside. So you can check in at the business, pay as usual with a credit or debit card, and get paid. In comparison to credit card rewards or other loyalty programs, you can earn three times more cash back with Upside. Upside users are earning more than a million dollars every week. That's probably why they have a 4.8 star rating on the Apple App Store. Download the free Upside app and use promo code Locked On to get $5 or more cash back on your first purchase of $10 or more. That's $5 more cash back on your first purchase of $10 or more using promo code LOCKED. All right, so a guy you might have heard a little bit more about, especially in the Houston area, is freshman wing Terrence Arsenault. Terrence Arsenault went to Beaumont United High School, which is just 85 miles to the from the Fortina Center. He was a four-star recruit, top 10 in his position on multiple sides. He's offered by, you know, Georgia, Baylor, LSU, big, big dogs. He was the most outstanding player in the state title game, and they Beaumont United won it in 5A in back-to-back years. That's both 2020 and 2021 school year and the 2021-2022 school year. He hit game winners along the way in both runs, including in the 2021 state title game where he hit both the buzzer beater that forced it to OT and the buzzer beater in overtime to win the state championship. He's listed at 6'6", 195 online, but I have to say that after seeing him play in person last weekend, he feels like he plays closer to like a 6'8", 6'9". He's got really, really long arms and wingspan is very, very active with his hands. I think it's interesting there's like this video at the pause name and Jamie group has kind of gone viral on Twitter talking about Terrence Arsenal's welcome to college basketball moment was in his first practice when he thought he was really coach, you know, close with coach Sampson and they were really getting along well. And suddenly something went wrong and he said, coach quote, flipped the script and got after him. But then quickly responds with, that's what I signed up for. He's the kind of kid that wants to be coached hard and signed up for a program because he knew he had a guy in Kelvin Sampson that was going to coach him hard. Now, he showed up to campus. I guess he technically could have been driving back and forth to campus, but a little bit of a long commute. But he showed up to campus last June, and they say he's already up 10 pounds since getting to campus. He's putting a little bit more muscle on that wiry long frame, and he's really 
uh, commented that he's trying to step up his physicality in getting ready to play the type of defense that the Houston Cougars are going to require their guys to play. I think that's kind of the like, trademark of the Samson teams as we talked about getting ready for the basketball season is this intense defense and being big and strong and putting your chest in front of people along the way. Arsenal needs to Arsenal knows he needs to put a little bit more weight into his chest to be able to do that, and it sounds like he's well on his way. The only other comment I'll have about his relationship with Samson is that obviously he wants to be coached hard, but all reports from high school about Arsenal when he loved how competitive Samson himself was, and that has to click with between the two. Every report is that Arsenal is really competitive, or that he really likes the competitive side of Samson. And again, Samson's the kind of guy that's going to like have no mercy playing checkers with Grandma. Like he is that kind of a competitive athlete, and he will you know beat his own son in basketball at 67 years old. Like he he will do all these things to push himself over. Over the top. Now, I don't know if he actually can beat Kellen anymore, but he will certainly give it balls the wall effort just to be ready to do it. And that's the kind of guy Arsenal also plays like. In watching that scrimmage over the weekend, the speed of the game got to him a little bit on offense. He didn't quite seem comfortable with his shots. He was getting to good spots and spots that he could raise up with and get easy you know, easy attempts, they just looked a little rushed and like just the game's a little bit faster and that seemed to impact him a lot more on the offensive side of the ball. But his two dribble pull up and his kick out, his, you know, catch and shoots on kick outs and those kind of things all felt strong enough that I don't think I have any big time concerns in moving forward. It just felt a little fast for him for the first time in front of a crowd in, I, I got to say the first time in city of Houston, but he's more or less from Houston, but the first time at the U of H in front of a crowd. I have to say that it felt like sometimes he makes the extra pass, and that's a really, really good thing in so much what Houston does because they're trying to get you with the four out one in, trying to get you moving and off your spots, and trying to get you to commit one way so they can find someone somewhere else. But because Houston also plays good defense and he is playing against the Houston defense, in that instance, I almost wonder if he kind of threw too many of the extra passes, right? Is he overpassing the ball when he maybe has an open shot or didn't quite have the confidence to knock that one down because, again, he missed a couple, and he's like not used to missing a couple, and he wants to make sure that he finds other people because we've seen, I mentioned at the top of his segment, I mentioned the state championship games where he's making threes to close games. He's made high-pressure situation three-pointers in big games with a lot more people in the audience than they were there on Saturday. I just don't know if, you know, like the overpassing was because he missed a couple shots or, or whatever, but he certainly, certainly, certainly had a great contingent cheering him on. And that was really, really cool to see that, you know, several people from Beaumont, and I'm assuming close friends and family, one looked like kind of girlfriend or whatever, were all there to cheer him on in his first time out in public playing for the Cougs. I, I will say that if he felt rushed or looked rushed a little bit on offense, he did not on defense, right? On defense, he was really getting his hands in the passing lanes, really tipping the ball, really getting after you on the glass. And frankly, as a young freshman, was one of the best guys on the white team in the red and white scrimmage. He was one of the best guys on the white team and getting after it on the glass. We'll get to Jairus Walker in a minute because he was probably the best. But it did feel like he really, really did have active hands and feet on defense. Uh, I think what's interesting is in looking at him, I don't know that he's the best of these freshmen, but he does project in many, many ways to be the best pro prospect he's just currently built the way that a pro in his position is already built right 6'6 195 that he's already the right size and shape and has the right explosiveness and gets after on the glass like he does all of those kinds of things I think that what's interesting in looking at him as a pro prospect is in the two-point guard system with Shed and Sasser you know he might not start even though he is that better pro prospect because they have 
Junior Tremont Mark, who isn't quite built physically for the pros in the same way as uh, Arsenault, but he, he certainly is more built for college basketball, and his size won't qu- size and length won't quite be as big of a difference maker, whereas Tremont Mark has the experience that Arsenal does not. They have Jairus Walker, we're going to get to in a minute, but he's the other wing, and they try and have one traditional big down on the block. Now, I think Arsenal's going to get a lot of clock. I don't mean to indicate that he won't, but he's hyped up as a potential pro, and he's going to have more trouble finding his minutes, kind of like Emmanuel Sharp, than like a Jairus Walker, who's We'll get to in a minute, I keep saying, but has a little bit harder time fitting in to the pro game because of his size and shape and those kinds of things. Um, but on the whole, the the mentality you get from every interview you hear and read from Arsenal, the kind of mentality you get when you watch him practice, and the kind of mentality you get when you watch him play in that scrimmage of the day is that he is truly a winner. It's no accident he's the most outstanding player on the 5A state championship team two years in a row. There's there's no accident that kind of guy connects with Coach Sampson. Again, that this is the kind of kid that Sampson wants to be sure he's bringing in and wants to be sure that he builds the program around. Kids that will do whatever it takes to win, even if that means playing the sixth man and coming off the bench, right? Even if that means he's doing things that are, you know, not every guy that's got like a potential first-round draft pick kind of buzz wants to come off the bench. But that's the kind of team that Houston's operating with this year is they may be pulling guys that are reliable off of the bench, guys that are going to contribute to the season by making a bunch of thrilling moments and like hitting game winners, those kinds of things may end up coming off the bench. Speaking of thrilling moments and like having players make impact plays, our partners at Nissan have worked us to create a new segment across the Lockdown College Network entitled Thrilling Moments, where we highlight the most exciting plays from the Cougars weekend games or throughout the history of our alma mater. This week's Thrilling Moment is actually going to go back to two weeks ago because y'all didn't see the scrimmage. I'm not going to talk about like some big play that Sasser Howie came across the lane and hit a you know, fall away three at the corner, or fall away like at the corner, but I will say that I'm going back to the game winning touchdown against Memphis. I'm still basking in the glory of that, even though it's been about 10 days at this point, as as I said, recording this has been about 10 days. I'm going to still have that as our thrilling moment from the week, even though it feels a little old. That's what I'm going with. Now, I have to say that this segment is inspired by the thrilling new designs featured across Nissan's newest lineup of vehicles. Pursue what thrills you in the all-new Frontier, Armada, or Pathfinder today. Available now at NissanUSA.com. All right, so that's it for our show. We have no other freshmen to talk about. (laughs) No, I'm just kidding. We have the highest-rated freshman or highest rated recruit, I should say, in my lifetime for Houston basketball to talk about. That's Jairus Walker. Yes, Jairus Walker is the highest rated recruit that Houston has gotten in my lifetime. Certainly the highest in the Kelvin Sampson era. He's from originally from New County, Pennsylvania, which is 1,453 miles from the Fertitta Center. I have to say that he did go to high school at the IMG Academy in Bradenton, Florida, which you have to go around Florida a little bit, but it ends up being a little bit closer at, you know, just about 1,200 miles from the Fertitta Center. He's 6'8", he's 225, he's long, he's explosive. He's so strong that the IMG football coaches, actually, reportedly, depending on who you read, actually attempted to see if he'd play two sports for the academy. This is an academy that puts out pro athletes in every sport they have, and they're asking if he'd come play football with them. He's a top 10 player nationally coming in, a five-star recruit, the top power forward in his class, McDonald's All-American, a bunch of different kind of awards along the way. He was also offered by Arkansas, Auburn, Florida State, LSU, Maryland, Michigan, North Carolina, Ohio State, etc., all of the big 
dogs. And what's interesting to me is, with all of those awards and accolades, the first thing Kelvin Sampson had to say about the kid once he committed was that he was, quote, a natural teammate. Now, think about that for a second. This is a kid that has all of the individual accolades at 18 that you could realistically have as a basketball player, right? He's winning everything possible. He's built differently. He's, you know, there's YouTube videos describing him as a man child. He just is powerful and punishes rims and dunks the ball a bunch, bunch of points, bunch of blocks, bunch of rebounds, etc. And Samson says he's, quote, a natural teammate. Is there a more perfect guy for the Samson culture he's building at the University of Houston than a natural teammate? I mean, Samson and other coaches and people reporting on the guy have tried to recover all the different intangibles surrounding Walker. I mean, one of the reasons he's built like an ox is because he works so hard on his body all year long. Um, he, He really does a great job of like finding ways to improve his game even when he can't get on the basketball floor. Now, that's not to say that IMG or at Houston has ever had trouble finding a way to get on the floor and get some work in, but it's about finding different ways to improve your game. Again, he's a giant. He's a giant, giant person. 6'8", 225, 230, depending on the thing you're reading. And while that might not feel like as physically intimidating as, you know, there are seven-footers in college basketball. We played Taco Fall a couple years ago, right, when Central Florida had... Like, we've seen bigger bodies because technically on paper, but the way he dominates the game with his length and explosiveness really, really, really does make it feel like he plays about two feet bigger and about 50 pounds stronger. Now, I think the other thing that's interesting is later in the conversation, after having had him on campus playing basketball a little bit, Samson said that he thinks one of the best things he does is pass the ball working from above the break on the half-court offensive stuff. He's a great and willing passer, and again, that's that natural teammate kind of stuff where he is always trying to find the best shot for his teammates or the best shot for them to have a chance to score on that possession. Now, I think what's interesting here is that with a guy with all those accolades and all those kinds of things, both Samson and Walker have commented that there was no sugarcoating about the recruitment. There was none of this like, you're going to come here and get treated so nicely and this and that. And he was like, no, you're coming here to work, period. And Walker is like, that's my place. I don't know if other places did. I don't mean to talk down about other programs to offer the kid, but since he committed to Houston, the thing that's come out is he knew the kind of work he was signing up to do, and he approached it and wanted to do it head on. He knows that's the kind of work he needs if he's going to take his game to the next level, and he knows the kind of work he needs if he wants to win a national championship. And as a kid that went to IMG, now we haven't had a whole lot of those kids come through Houston where they go into those academies and the Montverds and the Arizona Compasses and those kinds of things. But it is worth pointing out that after playing at IMG, he understands what competing for a national championship is like because IMG is one of the schools that, as far as high schools in America goes, is competing for a national championship. So when he says, I want to go work there because they're talking about hard work and that's what it takes to win a national championship, he understands that. That's not just speech, right? That's not just like what he thinks he's supposed to say. He's actually lived the idea of competing for a national championship. I think it's also interesting that he's connected more so if you look at some of the practices and scrimmage with guys like Jamal Shedd, the upperclassmen that they can learn the culture from. He's not necessarily latching on to other freshmen. He's not necessarily latching on to like you typically see freshmen latch on to like the grad assistants or the, you know, walk-ons and those kinds of things. Because, frankly, they're kind of sitting at the end of drills, paying attention in the back before they have to get involved. No, Walker is learning from a guy like Jamal Shedd at the front of the line. 
He says he's always looking to Shed and Sasser for some idea of what he's supposed to be doing, and that's including things like showing up early, staying late to work. Like Sasser said that when he was a young player at Houston, he showed up, and Quentin Grimes, the guy that had practice started at 6.30 a.m., he was in there getting ready at 5.45 a.m., and now he's doing the same thing, and we've got Jairus Walker commenting that he's now following Sasser and Shed's lead and showing up at 5.45 a.m. for a 6.30 workout to get ready, get sweaty, get loose before things even start, maybe get a couple hundred shots up, etc. Now, all of that hard work set put to the side, watching him play in the scrimmage, I thought was interesting because offensively, there were some jitters. And I don't mean jitters like he looked out of sorts. The game was certainly not too fast for him. But I do think he like pulled the trigger on the shots and it looked super smooth. It flowed very well off his hands. But he missed some shots that I've bluntly seen him make in studying his high school tapes and seeing kind of the, who we were getting here. At 6'8 and trying to become a pro basketball player, Walker is a true forward. That means he's out there shooting threes, taking the ball off the bounce from outside, you know, doing twists and turns in the lane to try and get that extra step to the basket and all those kinds of things. And he was doing all of those in the scrimmage as well. They just didn't convert. I think, again, that just is kind of like I said with the other guys, that was just kind of first game in front of people in the Fertitta Center jitters. I don't know that it had much more to do with it besides that. I, I don't think it looked like anything was wrong with his offensive game. Like some guys show up and they got to completely fix their jump shot and get to college because they got to have find a more efficient way to get the movement down. Or some guys show up to college and have to completely change the way they attack because they've been used to just dominating guys by being bigger throughout high school and that's not going to work at the next level. That's not the case of Walker. Walker has always played A with high-level talent through guys that he's playing against and competing with out of IMG, but also the issues in his game were just the shots didn't go in. So I, well, I didn't score in the scrimmage. I, I don't think that, and I think people on Twitter were kind of mixed on what to take, think with that and take away from that. I don't think that was that big a deal. The shots were really great shots. They looked great. His form was great. They came out with his hands great. They just didn't quite go in. And defensively, He's a player in the gym. And a team and a culture and a system that was known for having hard-nosed, top-tier, best-in-the-country type of defense, he might have been, if not definitely, he was the best defender in the gym. Like, I was watching him play, and on the backside of help, he took a two-step gallop and blocked a shot off the backboard that was legitimately NBA-level defense, right? That kind of help side defense coming off the backside. He's going to be a mistake eraser on that end of the floor. He can be a small ball five with his explosiveness and his reach. He can also be a big lineup three because the way he moves his feet along the perimeter. He can guard some of the smaller guys and even got switched on to Sasser again, player of the year candidate, point guard Marcus Sasser, and kind of held his own. Like, I guess Sasser made a tough shot, but he kind of held his own in the matchup. He's just relentless. He always gets his fingers on the ball as defender and rebounds, deflections, blocks. And for one of the rebounds I saw, again, one of the most impressive plays that we saw in the 16 minutes of scrimmage last weekend was a rebound from Mar from Jairus Walker where he skies up from outside the lane, takes a two-step gallop. You know, he's out there covering somebody at the three-point line, two-step gallop, and leaps. And I'm telling you, I said this on yesterday's show. I'm saying it again on today's show. His nipple line was at the rim. So all 6'8", with a positive wingspan and 225 of him, is above the rim, snatching the ball. Where You talk about high-pointing a basketball. No one else can go get that. I thought the other impressive play he made was, I mentioned the block he had earlier, but the way it spiked off the backboard actually jump-started a, a fast break to Jamal Shedd. And I think that that, like, 
People talk about how Bill Russell did that. People talk about how Kareem Abdul-Jabbar at the time, Lil Sendor, did that at UCLA. But to see it happen in person from an 18-year-old kid who's out there playing with a bunch of college veterans that are looking to win a national championship, that was beyond impressive. I'm telling you, he may be a lottery pick this summer, and I don't necessarily know what position he'll play at the next level. He's just that kind of athlete. So with him potentially being here for all of a season, winning a natty and moving on, let's enjoy him, Houston. Enjoy his time here. He's a really, really special athlete. And if his offense game starts to click and the shots start to fall, like I think they will very quickly, he's going to be a truly, truly special talent. If you'd like to talk more about Jarris Walker, Emmanuel Sharp, Terrence Arsenault, or anyone on the Houston Cougars, or if you're kind of ready to switch gears and get back into football as we're getting ready for the Navy game this week, please find me on Twitter. I was just interacting today. Sorry, the, the AP stats came out again. Houston got ranked third overall in the AP, and I was going back and forth, and North Carolina came in first. I was talking with Isaac Shad. I was talking some with Andy Patton because Gonzaga came in second overall, Houston's third, so we have a nice little riffraff back and forth. It sounds like if we all get to the Final Four, losers buying dinner, <laughs> and we're all going to hang out in Houston. With all of that said, if you want to find me and talk to me on Twitter and get on the action, you can find me at Painsworth512. It's P-A-I-N-S-W-O-R-T-H- 512 on Twitter and Instagram. I'll be talking all things Cougs, Rockets, Astros. I guess we got to talk Texans and those kinds of things too. I, I You know, I, they just got rid of Easter Bee, so maybe that'll be more fun as it goes. Anyway, we can talk all things Houston sports all day long, so make sure you find me on Twitter at Painsworth512 in order to do it. I also have a big sneaker collection. That's probably more fun than talking talking Texans. If you're looking for a second listen today, let me recommend Locked On Astros. The Astros are hoping to make another magical run to the World Series, and Locked On Astros is your first place to stop for all Astros content. They're doing a great job following every game along the way, including all 18 innings of the game. Do you call that every game? Is that, is that one game or two games? 18 innings supposed to be two games, but it was one game. I have that right. Yeah, make sure you go check out Locked On Astros to figure out all the things going on, including playing two games seemingly at once. Thank you so much for listening. Make sure you hit download, subscribe, so you can make us your first listen again tomorrow. Go Cougs!